Welcome to Thrive Deeper, an ongoing conversation with Dr. Matthew Jacoby, author of the Thrive Bible Reading Guides, teaching pastor and leader of the Psalmist Band Sons of Korah. Join us as we go deeper into the Bible, discussing the passages as we read them together with Thrive. Now here's your host, DJ Payne. Ahoy and welcome to episode 52 of Thrive Deeper. It is I, your host, DJ Payne. And uh, this week, Matthew and I sit down together and we go through the Gospel of Matthew, chapters 8, 9 and 10. Some really deep stuff in the life of Christ on this episode. And listen carefully because I really enjoyed this conversation and listening back to it now, I think I enjoyed it even more because you will hear Matthew and I really contending about some deep areas about faith and what it means in the example that Jesus gives us in the Gospel of Matthew. It's an enjoyable conversation, something that I'm still thinking about to this day. So hopefully it can be an encouragement to you as well. Grab your pen, your paper, your copy of the Thrive Daily Reading Guide and join us after the break as Matthew and I settle down and get into the Gospel of Matthew. But before we do that, we talk about yet another Sons of Cory concert, one that's happening right now in New South Wales. So enjoy this episode of Thrive Deeper. As this episode goes live uh, and gets released uh, on Friday morning, as all our episodes do, you guys are in New South Wales. I believe you've got a concert tour in Dapto, St. Mary's in Manly, Gaimia, um, Epping. You're doing a whole bunch of shows in New South Wales. Wow. There we go. <laughs> there you go. So uh, I'm going to let everybody know that if you've if you're listening to it, if you're one of these one of our listeners, one of the one of the real thrive deeper, uh, mm. you know, listeners who listen to it straight as it comes out, and you're in New South Wales, yeah, you got a oh, chance. Yeah, come you, along to a concert. Yeah, you got a yeah. chance to actually catch up. I, I just I because I, I often don't know, like, or p- perhaps I don't pay attention to uh, what I'm about to do, but. Um, uh, but yes, we, we we will we will be there, and and we'd love for you to come along. Yeah, and I and as 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 of this recording, there's still tickets available. You can get involved, and if you head over to sunsacora.com, you'll find it all there. What is one of your? Uh, we need to get some sort of, I don't know what, Matt, uh, like a special handshake, a signal, a salute, a word, maybe that someone who listens to the Thrive Deeper podcast, yeah. when they come to you in concert. What can they say? And you go, ah, oh, Thrive Deeper listener. You know, what can what can we can we have anything like that? <laughs> That's the most ridiculous idea I've ever heard. How about this? All right, all right. Uh, Matt, 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 you can okay, dear listener. If you're listening to this and you see Matt in concert, especially in New South Wales, here's what you do: you go up to him and say, "Hey, DJ told me to give you a high five. Give me a high five. Sure, okay, and, and yep, sure. Okay. You'll see you'll see Matt's face fall. Well, and it's, be- it's a different hat. You know, I wear a few different hats, and and the. Uh, yeah, the the musician hat is a different hat to the uh, teachy kind of the hat. thrive anyway, deeper hat. But it's a hat. I mean, the the musician. It's so it's it's a wonderful thing to be able to do. I mean, yeah. it's, I enjoy it so much, and yeah. and it's enormously satisfying. You know, so I'm I'm I, this is who I'm really interested in. Yeah. All right, here's a, here's a challenge. If you're listening to this, and you 
only know Matt Jacoby as the Matt Jacoby of Thrive Deeper and you don't know the Matt Jacoby as a Sons of Cora mm. man, I want to hear from you. I wonder, uh, because there must be a percentage of people who in the Venn diagram do not mm. know you as a musician, only know you as, as Thrive Deeper as a teacher. Maybe. <laughs> uh, that's a good thing because, yeah, a, being a musician doesn't sort of... Uh, uh, Come on, you've got. Yeah, there's not a lot of credibility. No, you're, you're wearing your teacher hat now. You're wearing your teacher hat now. I think there's massive credibility in what you guys do at Sons of Cora. But let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to how, hearing how the uh, Sydney gigs went. Uh, we are in the Gospel of Matthew, mm. and we are flying through it at a rapid rapid rate. We could mm-hmm. literally spend weeks and weeks and weeks just on the Sermon of the Mount, and that's what we did last week mm. in just a quick episode. Yep. Epis- uh, chapters five, six, and seven: the Sermon of uh, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaching his disciples and the crowds, mm. and then as you as you quite dramatically uh, left us on the on the cliff edge yes, uh, last week, Matt is we we heard Jesus talking about what this kingdom of heaven yeah. is like and the attitudes and the and the principles behind it and now we get to see Jesus actually fleshing it out. Yeah, that's right, demonstrating it. And the first miracle after the Sermon on the Mount, so this is the demonstration of these principles that he's taught about. The first miracle is the healing of a man with, with leprosy. Now, the, the first two things uh, that happen um, are indicative actually of where this kingdom is going now of course lepers were excluded from the temple that yes. they they were seen as unclean uh, they were not just from the temple but from the community and so um, this is not only a miracle, it's a sign. Now, that's an important thing to understand about Jesus' miracles. They're not only miracles, they're, sign, they're signs. So everything that God does, God is speaking through everything that he does. Yep. And this is certainly the case with everything that Jesus does. So the idea of making a leper clean is about bringing those who are on the outside, who are excluded, oh. bringing them into the Fold. And we're talking the lowest of the low. Yeah, yeah. The, that's like the right. leper is the is yeah. beyond beyond even, you know, you can't even yeah. imagine the class system. Well, it, it had become it had become like that. That's that was certainly not due to the uh, the spirit of the Old Testament law. No, um, but it, it had become it had become like that. And Jesus is is calling from the outskirts. You know, uh, he is bringing the outsiders in. Now this. Then we get to the second miracle, and it's the miracle for the um, servant of the centurion, mm. of the Roman centurion. So, and this is um, interesting because he, um, uh, Jesus says, and the story is that a centurion um, comes to him asking for help. He says, My servant, you know, for healing for his servant. And Jesus says, All oh, right, I'll, well, I'll come. And the, the centurion says, No, 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 don't. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. Wow. And he says, for I'm a man under authority. You know, I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. That one, come, and he comes. You know, and, and in other words, he's saying, you just need to say the word. And yeah. Jesus, and this is amazing because um, remember, this is, a Ro- this is a Roman centurion. This is mm. the important thing. This, remember, everything that Jesus has taught about loving enemies and the whole, and he's speaking against this whole revolutionary agenda that the kingdom of God coming looks like driving the Romans out. Yeah. So what is Jesus doing? He's drawing the Roman in. Yeah. He's drawing the Roman, a Roman centurion. And not only that, but he is demonstrating that of everyone that he's met so far, whose faith gets 
commended. It's yep. this guy's faith. So he says, Jesus says, um, it says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And he says to those, this is Jesus who's constantly saying, oh, you of little faith, right? To his own disciples. But here he's amazed at the faith of this man. He says, truly, I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Unbelievable. I mean, you, you see how this flows straight out of the of the uh, Sermon on the Mount because um, Jesus is saying basically redefining righteousness mm. saying the righteousness of the scribes and pharisees is no righteousness at all um and and it's the fact that they don't know that that's going to exclude them from the kingdom uh and yet and as well as the fact that they they've got this idea of the kingdom about imposing the kingdom by force kicking the romans out i mean this is so rich because he not only commends this man for his faith, but he says it's actually people like this yeah. that, that are going to be included and it's you guys who are going to be excluded or, or are in danger of being excluded. It's, it's just, it's just so, uh, it's so revolutionary. And then, so this is all happening in uh, like our, our... Chapter 8. Yeah, chapter yeah. 8. It's amazing, like you say, the contrast of like him speaking, Jesus speaking, and then chapter 8, it's like boom, boom, boom. We go from a leper to a centurion, to him healing Medi, yeah. to him uh, calming a storm, to him casting yeah. out demons. Yeah. It's basically in chapter eight we get this. We go, oh my goodness, this is, yeah, this is him. This is the Messiah. This is this is the God Man. He's yeah. got he's got control over everything. Yeah. He's master over everything. So I mean, notice there when it. When it, in verse 16, where it says, When the evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, mm. uh, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed the sick. I mean, this is important because it's not the Romans that that are meant to are getting driven out here. It's Satan. So it's actually, there's, there's a, and, and this is already um, given to us in chapter 4 when Jesus goes into the desert and he does battle with Satan. We talked about that two episodes yes. ago. This is the real enemy. And Jesus has this initial victory over the enemy, and now he's casting Satan. He's casting, sorry, he's casting demons out, yeah. and um, and so this this is the one that needs to get cast, not the Romans, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, he's drawing the Romans into the kingdom, but he's casting Satan out, yeah. um, and uh, and clearly Satan is active, alive, and active within Israel. Yes, um, so. Uh, you know, so that's interesting. The the um, the calming of the storm is uh, amazing at this point. It's underscoring the kind of authority that Jesus yeah. is. This is the ki- this is the power of the kingdom yeah. at at work. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting here. This is an interesting theme, and and to be honest, I- I'm still in process of understanding this. Is the theme of faith this idea that? Um, you know, he says to the centurion, "Go, let it be done just as you have believed it would." And then, uh, when um, the the disciples are uh, freaking out at the storm, he says to them, "You of little faith, why are you so afraid?" Hmm. Um, now, look, um, maybe it was just on a lake, you know, <laughs> because yeah. I think, you know, look, the Sea of Galilee is not that big. Yeah. But look, it can get pretty rough though, and and they're freaking out, and they're in a storm, and. Uh, he's expecting them to have more faith 
uh, but, but faith in himself. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Faith in the mission that he's on. Not not like some magic word no, no, that, no. you know. That's right. It's not it's not some magical property. Yeah. The, the, what, the, the process here, and, and I, I note this throughout um, uh, throughout the teaching of Jesus, is this idea that, you know, in, a, in as much as you believe it will be you know it'll be done for you and and um, I, I'm I suppose where I'm um, th- there's there's some connection with our ability to receive from God uh, and the measure of our faith there's, there clearly is a connection to with that in, in the Gospels now that idea I believe has been abused and you you mentioned the idea that it's some magical that faith is some uh, some kind of magical kind of thing but I think what we can do is that we can react to that uh, and pendulum swing away from that you know as though well it doesn't really matter how much we believe well clearly it does I mean but but I've always taken those especially here with Christ speaking and correct me if I'm wrong Matt with with his uh, with Christ talking about faith especially in the Gospels especially now in Matthew it's hammered home to me again in, in light of what you're making yeah. and again I love the fact that you're pulling yeah. on a thread here you're yeah, chasing yeah, down yeah. an idea and chasing down a thought my thought around this is always when Jesus is talking about faith, it's about relationship. The yeah. bigger picture of the kingdom is saying God calls you into a right relationship with him. Yeah. When we are in right relationship with him, we have faith in him. Yeah. Man, that's right. look out. Yeah, that's That authority, right. that everything that I'm doing, you're part of it. You're, you're part yeah, of my kingdom. Right. Yeah, so, so I mean, faith is the nature of our relationship with God. It's a, it's a, it's a relation, it's a relationship of faith. Mm. Describes that essentially, faith is dependence, is this attitude of dependence on God. But it also involves belief as mm. well. Mm. And this is the, I mean, uh, this is the dimension of this that I'm still thinking about. This and maybe, um, you know, look, th- this is an example of the fact that there are some things that can only be understood when you actually live them out. Yes. And, and I think this is an area that God is challenging me on. You know, what would it look like for me to have more faith? If you actually Well, believed. I don't know until yeah. I have more faith, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, uh, so, so, you know, f- uh, f- for me, being in this process, this is something that jumped out at me and, and, and I'm talking to God about this and saying, God, what does it look like for me to have more faith? For me to have more faith, yes, and to 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 believe more. Well, I'll you know, in a future episode, I'll report in on how that journey's going. Yeah, but I, I want to see. I, I don't want to look at this and just give myself excuses. I just means this. I don't yes. want to say just just anything. No, um, no. Because and, and my and my response to that saying it's about a relationship is not yeah, a yeah, sweeping yeah. it under yeah, a yeah, rug. Yeah. It's not. It's not like. You know, oh yeah, it just means this. I'm reinterpreting it. Yeah. It, it. It's a challenge to me because I don't have that relationship. Yeah, that's right. I'm striving to have that relationship. Yeah. And like you say, it's that it's it's the belief in what we're really called to and that relationship that that's if right. we were really yeah. there. Yeah. So in chapter nine, he says to um, the uh, the blind and mute man, he says when he uh, the uh, sorry the um, uh, two blind men, he yes. says. He touches their eyes and he says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Yeah. Now, so clearly um, there's there's a responsibility on us uh, for us to believe. Now, what does that mean? 
Well, I know what that means in as much as I feel that I have faith. Mm. But I just feel like I've got a whole lot further to go. <laughs> like this reading these texts has made me see that I've got so much further to go in this uh, respect. And I want to leave this open. I don't want... It's, it's, not, it's not good for me to read this, like I said, and say and make excuses for myself and interpret, interpret it in a way that justifies where I am. Like I clearly, you know, like when he heals the woman earlier um, in Matthew 9, uh, 22, he says to the woman who touches his, the edge of his cloak, he says, take heart, daughter. He said, he, he said your faith has healed you. Hmm. Um, so I don't think that this is a magical kind of property, uh, like, um, but, but I do think that there is the, the, this capacity of faith, which is every bit a relation, our strength of our relationship with God, um, that there's something here to be exercised that, that makes things possible that are not otherwise possible. I, I hear you. I agree, but but there is a there is a great contrast in what you always see. And I'm again, yeah. I'm pushing back yeah, for yeah, the yeah, sake of this okay. podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I'm also I hear and I'm with you 100. percent But in that, so we have we have the lady with the issue of blood in yeah. Matthew nine, and then right on the back of that, Jesus sees the mourners, and there's a little girl that has died. Yeah. And Jesus says she hasn't died; she's just sleeping. Yeah. The response of the crowd and those involved in the morning yeah, yeah. is to laugh at Jesus. Yeah. And he said, and so there's no faith. Yeah, that's right. There's yeah. no belief. There's no faith. That's right. Yeah. From those people, Jesus just says, she's asleep. They go home. They take her by the hand. She pops up. And then they... Bl- so yeah. I, I, I'm scared of making a yeah, formula. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Of, okay. okay. I see we, what you're saying. Yeah. So you're saying that, that um, it's not like... So in that case... Um, Jesus worked despite the fact that they didn't believe. Bingo. Yeah. Because because I know here and I'm and yeah. I'm with you on and this. So, so it's not to limit God. Yeah. And, and I'm here you because I am challenged in these verses by yeah. my belief. And Jesus keep on saying, "Do you believe I can do this? Yes, yes, Lord, we do. Well, it, well, according to your faith, it's done because yeah. you believed. And mm. there's a, there's a relationship here. But then all of a sudden, there's things like yeah. this where Jesus go does something different. And for me. I get scared because I've seen too many people mm. believe that God didn't come through to them because they didn't yes, have I enough know. faith. I know, and we and and this is, I guess, my concern here is that because we all know these stories is quite infamous, yes. uh, plenty of infamous examples that you know. Uh, well, you're not. It, it's it. It's the way that that's used uh, by people who are a bit awkward or embarrassed at the fact that God didn't really come through. And so they blame the, well, you didn't have enough faith. Yes. And if only you would have had enough faith. And, um, and, and I just think that's, uh, I think that's an abdication of, well, I, I just think it's stupid. Yeah. Well, and it's an, <laughs> it's it's an abuse. So, yeah, it's a, it's it, a straight it up abuse. It, it is. It's, um, but I do not want to throw out, <laughs> I do, there's something here that I, 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 oh. I don't want to throw out. I don't want to throw out the sense of responsibility that this puts on me to actually believe and have faith in God when I pray. Yeah. And what does it, I mean, this is the question I'm asking, DJ. It's like, what, what does it mean for me to pray with more faith? Yeah. Like, and, 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 and at this stage I'm saying, I'm not sure. Like I've, yes. I'm just, I've just been reading through this stuff and literally praying about this yeah. right now. So, so I love I, it. I, I certainly 
you know, when I have these conversations uh, with God and, 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 you know, like I, God, God teaches me things and I'm expecting, uh, you know, I, I, I have faith for that. Yes. Um, and, but at this stage, this is a process for me. And I think it's important that, you know, I mean, it's Kierkegaard, Soren Kierkegaard, you, you know, I did my doctoral work on. Yes. He used to talk about defending yourself against the word of God. It's like just when it's, it's when the word starts to convict you, make you feel like you lack something. Quickly, he says, go get some dictionaries and theology and, 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 and you know, some theological textbooks and, and theorize it out uh, yes. into the stratosphere. To take and away the feeling. To take away the feeling. Yes. And then you can relate to it as coolly and calmly uh, as you would read a newspaper. Yes. Yeah. And and I think and and that's and, and, that and, idea and, I want to and the word, and the words are beginning to shimmer off the yeah. newspaper to you, beginning yeah. to prick you in your heart, and you yeah. and you need to. I lo- Which look- is why I like I as uh, see what what makes me a teacher is not uh, you know and, and I say this to my preaching students what makes us teachers is that we're learners. Yes, like in, in the kingdom of God, like no one knows it all. We're all in we're all in a process, yeah. right? Yeah, and a, a good teacher is really just a good learner. And and I've and I have to, to for me to, to feel equipped as a teacher. I actually have to be in that learning process and changing, and you know, which is why I am always really comfortable with saying, "Look, I'm really not sure. I, I've got more to discover about this." DJ here on episode 52 of Thrive Deeper. I'm sitting here with Matt Jacoby and we are off the back of getting very raw and honest about mm. what it means to have belief mm. and faith in these stories of uh, of Jesus in chapter 8 and chapter 9. We come to a really beautiful moment, a really personal moment, especially for the author of the book. Mm. This is the call of Matthew, the text tax collector, to mm. become a disciple. Um, and there's two aspects here that I would love you to talk about, Matt, is is A, the actual personal thing of the guy who's writing the book talking about it, but then also how this fits into Jesus fleshing out what the kingdom is all okay. about. Well, for that, let's just go back one step because right. look what happens before the calling of Matthew. And um, this is uh, the, uh, the this, this um, account of men bringing this paralyzed man to Jesus. Yes. And Jesus says to the man, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, this is a big problem uh, for uh, for the teachers of the law mm. because, uh, well, th- there's a couple of problems here. This messes with the, with the sort of hierarchy, the local hierarchy, because um, sins in the way that the 
Jews understood in the first century, sins could only be forgiven through the mechanism of the temple and the sacrifices. Okay, so only the authorized priests could de- could declare such a thing, and and in fact, they would. It was actually, in a sense, only God who, through the mechanism of the temple, could ever say such a thing. Now Jesus is just out and about, and he just says to some guy, "Your mm. sins are forgiven." Mm. That is the. the the teachers are listening listening to that thing blasphemy straight away that's heresy yeah you, you can't who are you yeah well, well that's a good question who is he and this is that's exa- that's the right question and this is like the next stage yep. of the pattern and the characters that we're seeing we've been introduced to these Pharisees and these keepers of the laws yep. we've heard about them John the Baptist yep. gave us the introduction we've heard Jesus mention them yep. and now is an interaction yeah, and it's and, right. and it's taking up the step, and G- and I and I think and I've always imagined Jesus fully, fully because we know he knows their thoughts. Yeah. He says knowing their thoughts. Yeah, I love that that he yeah. is one step ahead of them, not just one, but all the yeah. steps. And he does something to really push the agenda, like he's doing something to yeah. p- to push it and and move this kingdom forward so much for the further one thing. And he goes straight to the heart of, of yeah. revealing who he is. Phenomenal. Yeah, it is. And and the crowd's response is fear. Of like, who is this yeah, man? Yeah, exactly. And this is the question that is increasingly uh, being stirred up because he, he's, first of all, he's referring to himself as the son of man and he's echoing Daniel chapter 7, you know, the coming of the son of man. So it's it, this is a formal messianic title. But he's doing things that only God can do. He's forgiving sins and he's saying... Um, and, and he's demonstrating the fact that he has the authority to do that. So he says, so that you, uh, you know, he says to them, which is easy to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. This is um, cha- Matthew 9, chapter 6. Yeah. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get, get up, take your mat, go home. Mm. Then the man got up and went home. Mm. And... It says here, when the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to man. Mm. So he has the authority to forgive sins. Now, this is this is more than just about his power. This is actually about, it's an expression of now what God is doing. Mm. He's demonstrating, okay, folks, this is what God is doing now. Get on, get on board, yeah. right? Yeah. This leads straight into the calling of Matthew. Yeah. So he goes from there, walks over to Ma- to, Math- to the tax collector's house. Yeah. Now it's hard to it's hard to overstate how hated these oh. people were for so many reasons. Um, they were, first of all, the Roman occupation is the bane of the you know uh, the Jews, Jews existence. Jews yep. existence, absolute bane. You know they they extorted and and partly because of the collecting of taxes. Mm. That's the main issue that they had with it because yeah. they just collected taxes. Now, not not to play up any Jewish stereotypes of money and taxes, no, no, but this no, no. but this uh, this was a major thing. And then for those Jews to be able to be working in cahoots with the Romans to collect that, you're a traitor. Money is a traitor because not only were they highly taxed going to the Romans, the tax collectors were totally free to take whatever they wanted to as long as they gave enough to the Romans. Okay, so there's two layers there. So not only are they hated as traitors to to the Romans, um, but they also use their position to extort even more and and this is i mean these are these tax collectors would have destroyed families you know i mean this is this is as bad as bad as you can get mm. so uh jesus goes over to the to the tax collecting booth yeah 
straight from this saying, yeah. son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Oh, here I go over to tax collecting booth. Matthew, come and follow me. And Matthew's response is, yep. Yep. And, he, and he comes yep. and, and, and follows him. And we, we then see him invite. Now, uh, so Matthew would have had money. He would have had status. Yep. He would have had yep. position, authority. Yep. He's in that upper class yep. of people. He invites Jesus and his followers back to his, his disciples, back to his place. Yeah. And of course, Matthew's friends are all sinners. They're yeah. all the, oh, the hated of yeah. the of the. Because yeah. none of the good people hang around with this guy. I mean, they saw themselves as good because they didn't hang around mm. with this guy yeah. or or his friends. But the, the the interesting thing is that already, the Pharisees are obsessed yeah. with Jesus. They are obsessed yeah, with yeah. him, and so they are have they are following him. They are looking at what he is doing. They are hanging around outside Matthew's place, or wherever, like if Matthew's got a veranda or there's some place, and they, they, you know, you can imagine them going, "Disciple, come over here. What's yeah, going on? Yeah, Why just like what, they just can't understand it? Yeah. Like, okay, they're thinking if he's a prophet, yeah, what he should be doing is standing outside and vociferating against those people. Yeah. He should be preaching against them or joining us and as and, and teaching us and becoming yeah, a, yeah, a, a yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. But Jesus clearly is. I mean, again, <laughs> what would it look like if we were more like this? Yeah, if we loved uh, our enemies. You know, yeah, if we loved our enemies in this way. Anyway, so he, he actually, you know, he hang, and this is the explanation that Jesus gives is, as it says in uh, chapter 9, verse 12, 12 yeah. it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I've come not to call the righteous, but sinners. Oh, boom. Killer. Because and why? Because he has authority. Because he he has been given authority on earth to forgive sins. So that's what Jesus is doing today. And again, Jesus quoting the Old Testament, yeah. the book that they that the Pharisees yeah. like live their whole life on. He said, "Go learn. Yeah. Go learn what yeah. this means. You don't. You haven't learned this that's yet. Right. And this is important because this is our mandate. This yeah. is like, you know, what is God doing? This is what, you know, he is bringing grace and forgiveness into people's lives." And, um, you know, sometimes I think that we think that fulfilling the Christian mandate is about standing up and, and you know, speaking against sin and sinners. Actually, uh, no, no, what Jesus does is that he enters into relationship with these people. Mm. And he, I mean, he, he, he wins them, as Paul says in Romans chapter 2, it, it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Yeah. So, God's yes, he wants to bring them to repentance, but... They, you know, like, um, but the way that he does this is through this gracious embrace of love and kindness. And um, and it's a profound moment. And remember, too, this is Matthew's writing the gospel. Mm. Uh, this is actually his moment. Mm. And uh, and this is going to become a, a key theme in Matthew's gospel. One of the key reasons why they the, the, the leaders of the day just could not accept this, you know, because yeah. they had worked so hard to be acceptable. They felt entitled to be members of the kingdom. Yeah. But the truth is, is that no one is entitled. As mm. Paul says, all of, and, and, and I mean, Paul writes those, writes those early chapters. Right, chapter three uh, is... Of Romans. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, actually those early, the first three chapters are all about, you know, helping um, us understand that all have sinned and fall short of, mm. of the glory of God. You know, he talks about all of yeah, talks about all the terrible things that are done in the world. But but the key bit is in chapter two when he, the beginning of chapter two, he says, "And you yourself, you who say, you know, 
who judge others, you yourselves do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Paul is is wanting to sort of change the posture um, to not one of sitting on a high horse pointing the finger at the world, but one that sits with everyone else and says, Lord, we have sinned. We have all mm. fallen short of your glory because he wants to take us to the place. Now, Jesus is, again, this connects with this idea that we spoke about a couple of episodes ago about Jesus meeting people. You know, John prepared the way, led people to the place of repentance. Jesus comes to the baptism site. In other words, he's meeting people in the place of repentance. Mm. Anyone who ever connected with Jesus throughout the Gospels meets him in this place of humility yeah. and repentance. Matt, it's, a, it's important to note here, the thing that jumped out to me is this phrase, I desire, like Jesus is summing this all up yeah. with I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Yeah. Good and, call. And he's saying that to the Pharisees yeah. as an echo of... Well, of Hosea. And this yeah. is the interesting thing, is that the, the problem that Hosea was talking about was this problem of ticking the of box ticking religion again you know that these people had ticked all the boxes but they had actually failed to show mercy to those who needed mercy and and this is the whole problem so he's echoing that indictment mm. uh, of Hosea so it's very it's very powerful yeah and it, it, because sometimes i've read that because sometimes I've read that in the past, and I'm thinking, "Hang on, is he who's he is he actually meaning that to? Is that a pattern for the sinners? Is it a pattern for this? No, no, it's it's calling out yeah. the the yeah, righteous. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's bringing that same prophetic word that that Hosea brings. So look, it's it's interesting the way that this unfolds here, and and Jesus is demonstrating these acts of mercy, He's demonstrating the kingdom, bringing outsiders in, casting Satan out. I mean, as you as you read this, and I certainly encourage you not just don't just listen to this podcast. Read no. uh, uh, read these things for yourselves. You know, notice and think about what is this saying about the kingdom? Because actually, at the end of chapter nine, um, he's then. This isn't just about. Uh, I mean, Jesus is kind of demonstrating um, the the principles of ministry like he's actually going to send his disciples off yeah. to do the same thing yeah. and even beyond his disciples so you know he talks about the harvest is plentiful you know so there's this sense of the times are have come to their fullness you know this is the time of fruition and we need workers yeah. and and actually to be a follower of Jesus is to be one of these workers yeah so we see we see in 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 eight and nine uh, Jesus doing all these examples living out the examples and then we get to 10 and he sort of switches gears he yeah. calls the 12 the, the the inner 12 amongst all of his followers he then sends out a whole bunch and then gives them teaching about the, the, the state of what's going to happen what the pattern is yeah. for the future they will be persecuted. Yeah, have no fear. Fear is not yeah. is not is not for you. But then he closes out chapter ten with some of the hardest teaching that Jesus will talk about. Don't don't. He's like, don't think that I've come to bring peace. Yeah, I've come to bring a sword. And it's like, yeah. wait, well, hang on. This is even hard. You've already made it hard to 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 sort of to follow. You've talked about yeah, persecution, and now this is something even beyond that. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's come to bring a sword, and um. He means that it's, this is going to cause division, uh, and um, but he's not saying go out and cause division. This is important. Yes, he's not saying go out and be belligerent, and this can be used as an excuse for saying, <laughs> "Oh, 
you know, like, I mean, the, the whole persecution thing, you know, people can go out, be completely belligerent and, and come across as judgmental, even if they mean to be, you know, and, and you know, be throwing, uh, you know, just... I mean, you know, you know how it works, and then, and then when people hit back and say, "Oh, Christians are all, you know, judgmental," and and then we say, "Oh, oh, oh I'm being persecuted." Yeah, it's yeah. like, no, no, you're not being persecuted <laughs> for your faith. You're being persecuted because you're an idiot, and and there's a really big difference between that. Like, don't claim persecution uh, for 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 something that you have actually warranted. Yeah. And, and it's not just about speaking the truth. It's about the posture that you take. I mean, I got to keep coming back to this, you know, because. I mean, the, the nuance of posture is powerfully demonstrated in the ministry of Jesus. And, um, I mean, he, he talks about his, um, when he sends out his disciples, he mm. says, you know, go into the homes and, and if they receive you, then... So, like, actually form relationships. Don't just go sta- stand in a street corner and be this... Fly- I, mean, and, I mean, maybe there's a, a place for that too, but... Yes. Um, but he's, you know, he's giving them not only the mandate, but showing them how this works. Yeah. Preach, preach the gospel, heal the sick. It's like acts of love beside acts of proclamation. But he's also setting up realistic expectations for them about yeah. persecution and about how what will happen as a result. Part yeah. of the ministry is the sword will come between families. Yeah, that's uh, right. You yeah. know, the, the, the relationships will be... Will be uh, you know, uh, divided because yeah. of people's belief about Christ. That's right, and 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 it's because that's inevitable. It's not because, um, uh, it's not because he wa- he wants that to happen, or that we should somehow make that happen. But there's an inevitability about that. In fact, Jesus says that he says in uh, Matthew ten sixteen, therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Mm. Like be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as as doves. So don't don't warrant. You know, don't warrant persecution, um, but there's an. But also, don't live to avoid it. And this is this is the the warnings about persecution are more about that. They're not saying go out and and make people hate you. It's like go out and remember persecution and division is an inevitability. Mm. Don't live to avoid that. Yes. Uh, yes. Because you know what? Not everyone's going to like you because yeah. you 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 are going to challenge their autonomy. You're going to challenge their sense of self-reliance and self-subsistence, and you know their their, their independent identity. You're going to tra- you're going to challenge deep things in people's hearts. Mm. So, and they're not going to like that. Mm. I mean, many people are going to be are going to be convicted and and brought to back to God through that. Yes. Uh, and we sh- and again we should be shrewd as servants, innocent as doves in the process. Um, but you know, the the point about persecution is let's not live to avoid that. Yeah, yeah. As we wrap up, as we wrap mm. up this episode and these and these three chapters here, uh, you know, is there, is there some element in everything that he's talking about, especially in into the the disciples that he's sending out to the crowds that he's sending, you know, sending them out to different places, and he's warning them about different things that are happening. He says, you know, he talks about the persecution that it's coming. He he, he instills in them not to fear what other people can mm. do to them. He then you know talks about him bringing a sword, and he closes off saying, you know, you will be rewarded for all of this, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Is there is there a sense of it that he's because we know that historically what he's saying is true. Yeah. 
Like this happens, yeah, and this is a pattern that has happened exactly, for thousands yeah. of years. Yeah, this is and a pattern. when Matthew was writing this gospel, it's happening as well. Yes, yeah. So he's remembering. Oh, Jesus said all these these things. Yeah. yeah, we've if we've been in the church for long enough, whether it's happened in our life or friends' yeah. lives, or except we've seen it happen today. But is he also? And this is something that happens quite a bit. I've noticed in in some people's questions and everything around around this. Is, is he is he sort of speaking to the Jewish people as a whole as well? Is there a sense of the Jewishness about this? Is it like a another prophecy thing? Or are we now getting a bit too, yeah, I, you know, yeah. abstract in his teaching? No, I, I think he's specifically talking to his disciples. Yeah. Uh, because he's saying, um, you know, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is yes. not worthy of me. Yeah. And and so the, the sense here is if you're going to follow me, um, that ambition about being always well regarded by people and and fitting in really well yeah. to the world system nah that's that's uh, you know that's that's not going to work now that idea is present in the old testament law about not fitting in like deliberately not fitting in and you know in in down through history that's the the, the jews have been orthodox jews have remained quite faithful to that and, and so and, to this day you know and and so um but that then causes xenophobia and that's not their fault uh, it, but you know, it causes a great deal of xenophobia and this, this, you know, this closed community here, and 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 so it is. It's you know, it, it's um, cause all sorts of persecution. That's a different uh, th- that the, the um, uh, anti-Semitism down through history is different to this. This is a you know, this is a really uh, solemn uh, a solemn warning, and and I think one that we don't we're a little soft. I think uh, because, you know, we don't have it doesn't cost us a lot to be Christians. And, you know, there are people in the world that for for whom being a Christian means that it's like life and limb. I mean, you're risking your life. Mm. Whereas for us, we struggle to even admit to someone we meet or the people around us that we're Christians. It's like we're too scared to even admit that we're, mm. we're a, I mean, come on. Like, how soft are we? Seriously? Uh, why? Because we're afraid that they might, might not therefore like us. We're afraid that we might not therefore fit in. I mean, come on. Uh, there, there, you know, there is a cost. And actually, the worst that can happen to us isn't as big a cost as the sort of things that has happened and is happening to others in the world. So um, let's not be ashamed of Jesus. Oh, don't you just love a good challenge? Something that challenges us and cuts us right to the heart. I mean, here we are living in the absolute lap of luxury, listening to our podcasts and the words of Christ from 2,000 years ago, from the Gospel of Matthew, can cut us right to the heart to make us really rethink our expectations about what following Christ is all all about. I tell you, this, uh, this journey through the book of Matthew has been so, so challenging to myself. And I hope it has been to you. We would love to hear from you, please drop us a line, head over to www.thrivetoday.net.au. That's thrivetoday.net.au. Right there, you'll find the easiest way to contact us. And you'll also find a, a, a link there to our Facebook page and our private Facebook group where you can discuss the episodes and any questions that you might have. 
Now we're hard at work behind the scenes here with a couple of big projects and a refresh, as I promised to the podcast. It is going to happen. Might happen a little bit slower than what we thought, but it is going to happen. So stay tuned. We'd love you to get in contact and let us know how much the podcast means to you. All right, we'll talk to you very soon. This has been DJ on behalf of the team here. We'll see you next week on Thrive Deeper. for listening to Thrive Deeper. If you have questions you would like answered, contact us, the Thrive Today website, where you can also subscribe to the Thrive Daily Bible Reading Guide. That's at thrivetoday.net.au. Until next time, thrive. Thrive.